All right, so we're doing Chevy Van chat number three with Hoshnasi. Thanks for jumping in. Appreciate yeah, it. yeah, lots of fun. Bob went to go probably get beers, and he'll be back, he said, as soon as he gets back from town. I have no idea how far that is in Canada, but I'm guessing it's like a three-day walk. Right, right, or uh, he's got his uh, sled dogs hooked up, right? He can just sled dog in. Here we go. I'm drinking a bit of a little mojito here. little, you know, I figure that's, good a, van, that's a good van drink. What's a mojito? That's like sugar syrup and lime. It is uh, white, white rum, uh, and you take a, a mint, a bunch of mint leaves, put it in the bottom of the cup, and put in a bunch of sugar, a little bit of like you know maybe a teaspoon or so of sugar. You use a muddler and you crush up all that mint, get the juices flowing, the oils, and then you pour in your uh, your rum and you pour in some lime juice and then you top it off with club soda. Very refreshing. I think I'd probably try that. Oh, yeah. It's excellent stuff. I'm not a big drinker, but uh, I guess that makes me think that I do want to start adding the ATF podcast thing up some point into the schedule here. Right. You do a lot of cool stuff with uh, with your, uh, what was the Apple one? I know the, yeah, you did an Apple one, I thought. Uh, I've done the rums. I've, uh, not rum, uh, cider. Cider. But no, yeah. there was something else. Mead. The mead. mead. The mead. That's with honey. Yeah. So you've built all these things, and then I'm sure you've done beer somewhere along the way. Oh, yeah, I do plenty of beer. Have you and, ever tried wine? I have not done wine yet, but but mead is very similar to wine in the way you produce it. So that's something that uh, I will probably venture into sometime in the future. But anyway, we're talking about vans today. So like you say, I did get a van. I have I bought it last Thursday now. It's driving me nuts because I, I bought it from a school district here in Tucson. Yeah, $500. It was 510 is the winning bid. They charged me 50 bucks extra for bullshit fees and then $50 for some other fee. So I ended up really paying 610 for this van. Paid for it last Thursday, asked them if they could give me the maintenance records and when I could pick it up. She said, maybe tomorrow, give me a call. I called her and she says, nope, Tuesday. So now mm. I'm waiting until Tuesday. So uh, it's an 86 Chevy van with 200 something thousand miles, 204,000 miles. Yeah, videos. I can bring the videos out if we need to. But um, I've been watching lots and lots of YouTube videos, and I've been getting the, the it's dock prepped up. So I have this cool dock right out the back door now, so I can pull up and load it and work on it and everything. Yeah. So mainly tonight, I was thinking I'd like to get your expertise on the antennas for sure, because I'm going to be running my shortwave in there, and uh, probably my scanners. Okay. And, um, I'm going to do some solar on top. I'm thinking about 200 watt panels, and I don't know how much. I haven't actually. I don't remember you doing anything specifically solar, but I'm sure you're familiar with it. Yep. And then uh, whatever else we might get into. I told Rick I would give him a link, too. He was just with us in the uh, last chat when we were doing our daily gun chat. And he's a mechanic. Like he, His Perfect. other career before this one was a mechanic. So yep. also we offer the invitation for anybody who's listening on the gun channel side. Uh, if you'd like to jump into the van chat, I'm looking for all kinds of insight. I'm, I'm new to vans. I've been around them before, but this is my first van that I've owned. Mm -hmm. But uh, more specifically, uh, for this chat, the solar input would be great, and then any kind of radio input. Uh, I mean, I'll hit the solar thing really quick. The I sent you a link there on gun channels to an Amazon kit. Now, solar you can largely set up on your own. You can buy the panels and the charge controller and the inverter and, and the batteries all on your own, and you can kind of just piece it together. But there are a couple of uh, kind of all-in-one kits, and the one that I sent you was for a... 
Windy Nation 200 watt, which is two 100 watt panels. It comes with a 1500. Will it work on your machine? Like it'll work for your podcast too? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're great. Yeah. Okay, so there's the the one we're talking about, the kit we're talking about. Mm -hmm. If you want, you, yeah, you can pull. That's perfect. Um, the the thing that this kit has that some of the other ones don't, because um, one of the companies is like Tenergy. Tenergy takes a lot of makes a lot of kits on YouTube or Amazon. There's a 15 watt inverter, and I don't know what you want to power, but this kit has the inverter, which is kind of what you need. If you wanted like a small refrigerator, although that's probably not totally advisable in this situation because you're not going to have the long-term power needed to keep things cold, but it'll run like quick high draw things like a blender. Blender's really high draw. A microwave's really high draw. And it comes with some uh, batteries and it has the charge controller and it's got the two panels and all the cabling you need to wire it up. And it's under $500 with free shipping, which is a pretty good deal. And then as you kind of go with it, if things start to break on you, you can just uh, swap parts out. Oh, I take that back. If you go to the link, I'll actually post the link in, in my chat room too, and in, I'll post it on gun channels. There's three options. There's a, just a kit with the inverter and the charge controller. Then there's a kit with a 160 amp hour battery and then a 200 amp hour battery. And the battery choices are kind of subjective. That's up to you really on where you want to go with that. Oh, so you can get a kit with the battery right away too. Yeah, and, and so I, I threw that in there because it had the battery options. Some people like to be picky and choosy about batteries. Some people have a lot of money to, to spend on batteries, which gets you lighter batteries, or they don't really care and they want to go with lead acid, and that's fine too. You can go real cheap if you go that way. You've got a van. You'll be able to pull batteries around. You could probably go lead acid. Well, let's talk about some stuff. So for anybody that might be – there's only four people listening live, but, of course, if you're listening live, feel free to throw questions in either my side yeah. or Hodgson's side. Absolutely. But um, I saw the best video today that's got me really psyched on it because this stuff is fairly confusing. We all know that the solar panels is one part of it, and we all know batteries is the other part of it, but then there's all this electronic stuff in between, right? Mm -hmm. So this guy is a marine electro elect electrician mm -hmm. uh, who's driving around in a van, and uh, there is such a resource. There are so many people that either by choice or whatever live in vans or travel in vans, and there's so much yeah. stuff out there. So there this guy did the best breakdown ever. He takes it from solar panels to the battery, right? And then basically, well, I'm not going to try to reproduce it. I'll try to find the link and link to it. But he broke it down really well. So I'm all jazzed up. You have your solar panels, which are bringing energy from nowhere, from the sunlight. Those right. come down with some wires into your van. And then they're going to go to a thing, which is basically just going to filter it and smooth it out and send it to your batteries. And that's right. basically all you would need. But then you're just creating power for no reason. So now you need to pull some power out of those batteries and you're going to go into some sort of a control box or like a junction and then either into DC or AC or both. Right. And then you're going to need potentially another way to power your batteries. So a, he broke it down into four different ways. You've got your battery pack. You can either power it with a cord, like a plug, plug it into the wall, like an RV park. You can run a generator, a little Honda generator, something sitting outside your vehicle that powers it up. You could run it off your own altern alternator inside the vehicle when it's running, or you could use the solar panels. So when you're going to do those different things, you just have to have a couple of basically think of them as one-way doors so that you don't ruin your batteries or let something happen. You, you put some fuses and some breakers in so that uh, basically you just control the, the electricity. Then, of course, you've got your, your batteries full. Let's use them. So now you use an inverter to pull the, the power you've stored in the batteries out to the devices, and that's either a 12-volt like a cigarette lighter or a USB right. or a 120 like a regular house plug. 
and I'm not really setting this one up like so that's the gist of the of the arrangement and I'm getting my lay of the land but I'm not setting this one up as a camper at least not right now it's really supposed to be a mobile office and a cheap way to just be able to stay in it yeah so I think that the the kit I sent the the upper end of that kit is that 1500 watt power inverter usually you need 1500 sustainable watts for things like a refrigerator like I said a blender sometimes mic small microwaves uh, that's the upper end of what you may ever be doing I don't think that you generally are going to be playing in that area but if you're going down that road you might as well buy it it's kind of like when when somebody says i want to buy a gun safe and they show oh, i'm going to buy this four gun safe you never recommend the four gun safe you always recommend the 24 gun safe because once you're going down that road you're just going to keep going down that road so you might as well get you might as well spend a little bit of money and get the right inverter for the particular job that you may have in the future. And if not, it doesn't matter. It's still going to be smooth. And that particular inverter has three power plugs and a couple of DC jack connections. It's it's a pretty nice little kit that's available on Amazon. So I like to think of like the investment you're going to put into it. And I think that gun safe is a best is a great analogy because you're going to spend some amount of money on it, but then you're also going to deliver it. You're going to potentially have people coming into your home and seeing your secret spot where you're about to put your guns. Right. You know, and then you're going to have to live with this thing. And all of that cost or that effort is going to be duplicated if you buy the wrong one and have to upgrade later. So unless you've got unlimited room and space and you're just going to keep adding new safes, something like this, if you're going to install solar panels, like you're saying, don't, don't, uh, what do you say, dab your toe in the water and have to drill holes again and again in the top of your van right. or remount stuff to your racks or something differently, put something down with adhesive and turn out you wanted something bigger that clamps down. So uh, I can see what you're saying. So, And I'm also not going to be running like a microwave and a refrigerator all the time and an air conditioner when, I'm, when it's hot out and a heater when it's cold out. You know, I'm just trying to make this thing. I don't need to die. As long as I don't die in there, I'm good to go. And I'm planning on getting a gym membership so I don't need a bathroom and, and sink and everything in there. Oh, okay. That's smart. So I'm um, I'm basically just going to lay down in there and do my work in there and be most of the time moseying and, and doing my thing. Mm -hmm. So uh, but I am going to want to be able to power my laptops and charge my laptops and my phones and probably be getting good use on my phones. And I'm cameras. Gonna... Don't don't forget your cameras. Well, that's the thing. I use my phones mostly for cameras, but oh, right, okay. we'll start playing with the GoPro more. I have a GoPro and uh, potentially I wanted, but I, I'm going to say I, I want to have some lighting in there and I want to oh, yeah. Uh, some rear view cameras because so this is a van without any windows. The only windows are the windshield and the driver and the passenger door. Everything mm -hmm. else is metal. So I'm thinking uh, some, so I guess this video that I watched where the guy broke it down real well, he went into the whole amp hours and how to do some calculations, some basic stuff. Your different devices that you're going to use. You first you map out what all devices you think you're going to want or have plugged into your vehicle. So mm -hmm. I'm thinking these lights, probably do rope lights or something, LED so that they're low draw. I'll probably want some sort of a vent in the roof since there are no windows at all with a fan in it. So I'll want a, a power for that fan. I'll want some other lighting in there. Potentially I want some bright lighting if I do studio stuff. So some, you know, good number of LED lights in there. Then mostly power up a laptop and maybe a fan or two, an, oscill you know, an oscillating fan. Um, but here's some things that I didn't see in his video that I'm going to probably need that he didn't address. And that's a, at least a second, maybe even a third monitor for my laptops. If I have two laptops, I might bring two extra monitors for them. Okay. I'm sure those will bring some draw. And then just some auxiliary stuff. Like I'm going to try to bring a laser printer, I think, instead of having to go to Kinko's all the time. Maybe I'm crazy. But uh, maybe we talk about that if it if the road a is... A printer? What's a printer? 
<laughs> you don't use a printer? I seldom, but yeah, no, I, I think there's value in that, particularly well, if my, you're going my to. My debate is I either have, the, I'm going to have people staying at the house, right, to, to watch it and keep it. But if I then try asking them to keep up with like our daily patch giveaways and stuff, right, then it's a burden and I really just need to start paying them for it as opposed to just borrowing favors. So I'm thinking I'll probably bring the patches with me for the daily patch giveaway and I use like a stamps.com thing instead of uh, stamps. Now maybe I could just get hand stamped and not need the laser printer. And just bring some patches along and, and do them a little bit but anyway i was thinking the laser printer might be helpful but like i say i might be crazy i might just be ruining my laser printer bouncing it around in a truck for seven thousand miles but uh i'm just trying to think of what power i might need so uh, a couple of monitors a couple of laptops and then a bunch of phones and like you say probably some cameras but aside right. from that kind of stuff i'm not really thinking refrigerators i mean no air conditioner right so really what that comes down to then is that 1500 watt inverter will be able to do the entire thing. It'll be able to power those all simultaneously. You just have to bring like a strip plug and plug them in. The question is, how long will your batteries be able to continually provide power? And how quickly will the panels be able to resupply said batteries, right? And that's of course dependent on weather and their exposure to sunlight, et cetera, et cetera. So it really becomes a question of how much, how much battery power will you be carting along with you? The more you can take, the longer you'll be able to continually charge things and, and keep things up and running. Lights are big drainers. Um, displays for screens can be. Well, that was the that was where I was going with that. Is it, everything you can get that's LEDs are going to be much much better. So continually try to upgrade to LEDs wherever possible. I know that um, I don't. I can grab one, but I use a lot of compact fluorescent lights when I when I do green screen and stuff like this. And those are big drainers. You don't want that. You want LEDs. Uh, I'll rely on the sun for that kind of stuff if I'm going to be doing. Media. Oh, okay. I got gotcha. you. Lighting like uh, ambient lighting, not for video lighting, is what you're saying. Yeah. Sorry. Just some lights so that because again there'll be no windows back there. I got a comment in my chat, and and uh, John, you're watching this maybe for the first time. Uh, Gun websites, big channel on YouTube. He's been talking about getting a van for a while, and the reason why he wants uh, a van is it's just an inclusive place that he could live in and be connected to the the driving area and have one single unit where he can be with his dog and everything. It's a nice little encapsulated thing. You don't have to worry about having a trailer and a separate set of wheels and a separate set of everything that you have to maintain. So he's going that route as opposed to the car too, because I've done these tours in the car and it just, you can't stay in the cars easily. I mean, you can sleep in a car, I guess, but it's really uncomfortable. And then trying to open up a laptop with a separate monitor is really going to be tough without modifying the car heavily. Yeah. So, I want to, I want to step back for, I want to do a quick, I know you mentioned that other channel and by all means link to them. Um, I want to do a quick little explanation of what all these parts are that you're seeing on the screen here to where is it right here on my left shoulder. Um, the panels bring in light from the sun and they convert it into energy. The charge controller makes sure that ener that energy only goes one direction. It goes from the panel to the battery, right? Because if you don't have a charge controller, what happens is when the sun goes away, the panel will actually draw energy away from the battery to energize it. And so if it you, does the opposite. It's sort of like a piezoelectric thing. Exactly. If it's, normally it's going the other way. Exactly. It becomes a draw on set power. And what will happen is if you don't have that charge controller, the panels will actually heat up and could potentially damage themselves. That's why that little box oh, really? that you're looking at, yeah, the charge controller 
prevents energy, the, the electricity, from going the wrong direction back into the panels. It's and a one-way. Not only it also drain your batteries all night long then, too. Correct. Exactly. Oh, so geez. you have to have a charge controller. So the the, the loop, right, so it's, it's one, it's, if it's a one-directional path, it's a panel, a charge controller, and then a battery. And that's storing that energy. Now the question is, well, how do you supply energy to the things that you want to charge? And you use what's called a power inverter, or you could do direct DC if the devices were DC. Um, and that's just a wire connection off the battery. So that gold box that, that GWEBS is showing for us here is the inverter. You connect that to the battery, and that will draw from the battery and convert it from DC into AC. That's why it has those uh, 110 uh, plugs there that you can see. That's the, yeah, exactly, right there, that AC output. That's how you fuel your consumables, your laptop, your display, your batteries, your lights, et cetera, et cetera. So the question then at that point is, well, how do you wire the things that you want to off of the inverter? And you have two options, right? You can plug everything into one of those switch plugs, and it's it can kind of be a spaghetti monster if you don't manage that correctly. Or, and I, I, I'm going to pull the link up so I can see it myself, because I've only seen the front side of that inverter. I need to see the back side. Um, I would have to look it up, but a lot of these inverters have connectors on the back end. Are those, is that a, uh, yeah, so hopefully there's more connectors on the back end because you, what you really want is you want the ability to like hard line affix certain power things like LED mood lights or ambient lighting to the back of that unit so that it doesn't take up one of those AC output uh, connectors. So what I had shown, uh, I, I think I was about to link it in the chat with you. I'll send it to you directly, and I'll also send it on both chats. Um, something called Anderson power poles are these connectors that we use in the ham radio world for powering our different our different stuff. You can uh, use just about any kind of cable. It uses the different type of cable gauge to figure out what you need to use. And you can use that to connect or disconnect hard blind things that you don't necessarily want to be connected to, like a power plug. And that means you go off the back of the inverter or you set up a, uh, a fuse box, a, a remote fuse box, which are available on Amazon. You can, you can look that up there. And you can actually power that off the inverter, an input, and then you can feed multiple fused outputs off of that for things like lighting and whatnot. And you want those fuses in case you get a short or whatever. And then it just blows the fuse instead of shorting out your wiring and shorting out your inverter and all that stuff. So I, I could I could probably find you a couple ones I bought in the past. So in other words, you're saying you don't like these crazy ones that they seem to offer with solar stuff all the time. What's that? These crazy connectors. There must be a name for them. Um, well, if you're going if you're going from the panel into um, into the battery into the the charge controller, sure, absolutely use what they recommend because it's it's set up for that kit. I'm saying when you're drawing off of the inverter. Oh, back of the inverter. I'll right, right. Okay. So remember, it goes panel to charge controller, charge controller to battery, and that's how you charge the battery. I'm talking about how you deplete the battery. Okay. All right, so a couple of things. Let's see. I was thinking about 200-watt panels myself, and I'm thinking about these rigid ones as opposed to the flexible ones. The rigid ones cost less and basically are less uh, durable, but they're supposed to have like 20, 30-year lifespans. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the idea of what I'm planning on doing is a roof rack on top of the van that I'm going to drop the solar panels onto a, uh, underneath the roof rack. So I can still use the roof rack to put a canoe on or something, and it would just cover the panels but not damage them. 
Okay. So they're going to be between the roof of the van and the uh, and the roof rack itself, the bottom of the roof rack. And I'll probably have two of them like this, the rigid panels that are 100 watts each or something. Yeah. And I was looking at those, and they're like 150, 100. Maybe if you find them on Craigslist, 100, a little under, but then you're buying them off Craigslist, not straight from someplace with a warranty. Right. Most of the places I've seen with these van people, uh, the, the the advice that I've heard is you're paying for the warranty when you're buying these things. So right. meaning is one thing, but having something to follow up is another. So that's why getting it from a decent brand is probably worthwhile with something like a solar panel. Then uh, I figured wire it up, drop it. I don't know why everybody drops it in the top of the van. Why wouldn't I drop it down and go in the side of my van underneath the rain gutter? Uh, what are you talking about? You're talking about the connectors? Yeah, when you'd actually take in the physical wiring from the panels and drop in, and most people just go straight in the roof. And I'm thinking, mm -hmm. then you got to deal with a hole right in your roof. I could go down through the side and be behind my walling or whatever. You have so, to buy more copper. Okay. So you're you're buying more wiring, right? Ultimately, that's what you're ending up having. To well, do. but I, I'm talking about a tiny specific. But anyway, so then this thing will be up on the roof. Um, I'm thinking of two six volt AGPs. Is that what they are? In series to make twelve. Or uh, what are we talking about? You're talking about your batteries. For the batteries, the the type that don't require any kind of maintenance and they're sealed, the glass pack or whatever they are. The sealed lead acid. Is they AGP? Uh oh no okay yeah sure. Is that what they're called? Uh, I don't know. It you'd have to link me to it. I, I don't know exactly what you're. But talking basically, about. the batteries that don't require any maintenance, they cost a bit more. Yeah. But uh, yeah. they say to get two sixes and run them in series as opposed to a twelve because right. the sixes are smaller, so you can just shove them around better. But then they're also more durable. They're more rugged than the big twelves. And I imagine because they're made to go into like a forklift or something like that as opposed yep. to a boat, right? And you and you want so you don't want automotive batteries. You want forklift batteries, boat batteries, stuff like that because they are. You don't have to mess with them. They last for a long time, and they can handle a boost charge and a trickle charge and quick depletion, low depletion. That's that's right. So and now, I'm getting I'm getting messages on my chat. It's AGM, yeah. AGM, thanks. Now, how do I? I need to figure out. Still, I haven't figured out how to gauge that. So I've, I'm thinking the 200 watt panels for both physical size and amount of input, right? Adequate for me. I don't know what to get for my well, my input, my my controller or whatever will probably come with the panel, so I don't really care too much about that. They right. seem to range from like fifteen to thirty dollars or something, so they're not a big part of this thing. Uh huh. Um, but then I don't know what size inverter to get, and I'm not sure how to how to size my batteries. I'm guessing two. Well, it's the amp hours at that point. So I don't know how many amp hours to gauge for just. So charging and running a few laptops. You need to go pull up the uh, the devices that you want to run and you want to see what their draw is over a milliamp hour. It's MAH. And, and once you have them listed on like their uh, plug-in, the, the AC adapter? Usually the AC adapter or on the back of the monitor, if it's a monitor, for example. And then once you have all those, add them all up and say, okay, basically, some of them will have like a peak a peak use and then like uh, the standard draw, most of the devices that you're talking about, they all just have a standard draw. They don't have a peak, like a like a motor or like a refrigerator or like a blender. All those have like a peak and then like a, they normalize. So just take all the, the standard draw for those devices, jot them all down, add them up, and then that'll give you kind of like the how much do I need if I had everything on all the time. And then once you have that, you'll understand, okay, well, if I have everything on at one time and I have these batteries and they're full, how long will that generally let me go? 
So if I'm reading the back of my AC thing, it says 1.6 amps. Does that sound like the right number for a laptop? Um, one point it, for milliamp hour. I guess it's, I'm looking for something that says amps as opposed to watts or volts or something. Do you anything? Do you see anything that says MAH? And for the people that are uh, commenting on my chat, the you can mount things on the roof of your car. You can drill holes in the roof of your car, and you just have to make sure that you waterproof them appropriately. Um, it's it's not as waterproof as having a you know piece of metal that doesn't have any holes in it. But if you're going to do it, you can do it in a way that will be waterproof. A lot of people will drill a hole, and then they'll use like a project box over the top, and then they'll put a liberal dosing of, of waterproofing and, and they'll use a grommet on both the outside and the inside to maintain that watertight box nature. I was just looking at the bottom of the laptop now. And I'm not finding it, but I'm sure I can find it online. And I'm sure won't most laptops be about the same or are they drastically different if they have optical drives or something or screen size? Um, yeah, it depends. Okay. So, so anyway, I guess I need to. Uh, so I'm looking for amp hours. So that's like I think that guy in that video I was talking about mentioned something like that. You add up all your lights and and your different devices, and uh, for most of these people though, they're trying to run at least a refrigerator, if not uh, either a heater or um, a stove or something. So or a microwave, I guess. And, yeah. Uh, you know, those are high draw. Those are real yeah. high draw. So it seems like they're all getting two. 100 watt panels and they're getting either one or two 12 volt batteries i'm not sure the amp hours on them but uh anyway i'm guessing if i kind of parallel with most of these people are doing then i'll probably be fine with two laptops and the lighting basically yeah and so no, of course my radios i didn't mention the radios so that would bring me into the next thing i've heard about is sine wave inverters and all that correct so that's a different thing um inverters we they create obviously they create sine waves and you're going to have to find one that has very clean output and if you can't find that then what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to have your radio connected to your um, either directly to the battery which will be much cleaner and then you don't have to worry about the inverter which is generally what most radio people will recommend is that you run directly to the battery and you run off the battery so what you could do then let me just quickly add a point Depending on what you're going to be doing with it, um, if you can just hardwire the battery in or hardwire your radios into the battery, that's fine. You can do it that way and you'll be good to go. Otherwise, you can charge like a third battery and then you can use that, pull it away from the whole unit and you can just connect directly to your radio using those Anderson power poles and some cabling that you can easily crimp together. Well, let me ask you this. When you say run it directly to the battery, is that because of a distance of copper thing or is it a not having anything in the any other electronic devices in the way? In other words, could I take my solar panels up top and I have my batteries placed permanently somewhere inside, but then run some wires off the battery terminals to like a junction box and run a set of wires over to power the radio specifically? Yes. And then the other set of wires over to this inverter. That would isolate yes. it enough? Yes, you can do that. Okay, because that's what I'm kind of thinking, and then I, just from my experience running around with the police car and ambulances back in the day, um, I like to bring my power up off my batteries to a junction box where I can just play. And if I decide to add something years down the road, it's a lot easier. It's more modular, I guess. 
same idea as your Anderson couplers, like so that you can. Right. Simply, you can simply connect and disconnect. Yeah. Um, so then, uh, I'm thinking. Asked, oh, go ahead. Oh, somebody was asking if you if you need to get a UPS. Um, you don't need a UPS necessarily because that's just another battery. Um, it's just one extra level. Remember, he's using laptops mainly, and they have their own battery too. So if you've charged up your laptop and your power supply goes down, or your battery and your band goes down, you can say, "Okay, well, I'm uh, I'm I can only go so much longer before this battery is depleted, and then I got to wait for the sun tomorrow, or go to a Starbucks and charge up that way." Well, now a UPS for people that are probably familiar with that for their computers, you, it's this big brick that you plug your uh, into the wall, and then you plug your computer into it. Now, if there's a power shortage or some kind of a surge. It protects you from the surge and it just runs even if your electricity in the house goes off because you tend to power down your computer or whatever. So that's really a battery a converter and an inverter all in one, right? Right. It's just a it's a con completely contained unit that takes in AC instead of DC solar. That's all the difference is. That's it's just it. always sort of charging its little internal batteries, which are the same batteries as an exit sign. Uh, you know, in any building, like a hospital right. or something, when the lights go out and the exit signs go on, it's the same battery. It's just that it's always trickling that thing to its charge, and if the power ever goes out, it switches right to it, and your computer, computer or whatever, never notices a difference. Right. It's it's. An so we're just scaling that up, taking it all apart, so we can bolt it to the wall or whatever, and then uh, uh, having it kind of permanently in the van. Right. And UPS is on. Um, sorry, uninterrupted power supply. That's I always said universal, but yeah. I think it's interrupted. It's probably interrupted, but it could be universal because <laughs> I don't know that it's necessarily universal because you got to have the right connector. But anyway. Yeah, not really. But okay, so um, the next step then with the going down from the electricity into the radio and now out the radio's antenna, I'm planning on bringing that Baofeng with me instead of the Kenwood. Mm -hmm. So um, is that I'm going to be in a in a Chevy van, 1986 Chevy van with no windows except for the windshield and the two doors, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm basically going to be in a Faraday cage, I'm thinking. So I'm probably going to want to do some kind of antenna up top? Uh, generally, yes. Yeah, yeah, you would. And and there's two ways of going about that. You can go mag mount, which this is a permanent setup, so I wouldn't necessarily do that. There's also mounts that bolt onto poles. So since you're going with a roof rack, you can connect your you can put your antenna connector right on that roof rack, and that's like a firm mount Really good way to go. That's what I use on my door for my two meter 440 uh, connection. The downside of that is you have to make sure that you disconnect your you actually pull the antenna off if you're going to go into a parking structure or a drive through or something where um, the height could be an issue. That's generally why I like to put them on the right hand side so that you can still go through a drive through because you know you got that little space over the uh, eave, the overhang that you could probably get away with if you had the uh, the antenna on the right hand side. But I've got a van, so even I don't go to the drive-through so much. But yeah, if I right. went through the drive-through, I'm probably right up to the max anyway. Then sticking something on top is definitely going to be an issue, I suppose. Correct. Yeah. And there's, so, go ahead. What kind of antenna do I want for my uh, uh, Baofeng? What I've got is a couple of CB magnet mounts, and then a big ass like 80s, I don't know, four foot long CB antenna. Are oh. any of those work for me, or are those the wrong types? They need to be. They need to be tuned for two meter and seventy centimeter. Okay, so I need so, to get myself a, a real ham radio antenna already. Correct, and actually, I I just found a. Um, let me let me send you this one. This one's kind of interesting because it can fold over. This one might be something that you're interested in. 
that was a question I had too about your antenna mounts, by the way. Is that you know if you're going to be parking like a parking garage or anything like that, are you going to have to put that down somehow? Yes, right and there. a lot of the antennas have a, a twist lock. You lift them up and fold them over, and then you can go in, which Got is what it. I do. And I would probably just travel that way unless I planned on being on the radio, and then just put put it. In other words, leave it down. No, there. don't do that. Don't do that because the when you fold it over, it's like free flopping around. Um, oh, just, it's a temporary thing. It's, it's a it's a fixed hard antenna. You want that thing up vertically. Okay. Yeah. So this thing is 38 inches, so almost well, a little over three feet long. And you want that for two meter and four forty. Okay. You you do want a bigger antenna if you can, um, particularly if you're going into areas where you might not have repeaters and you're going to be going direct uh, simplex to different people that you're on the same frequency with. You just want to go straight to them with the best antenna you can put on it. So then, assuming you poked me at, or pointed me at one that's a uh, good value or whatever, sixty five bucks with shipping. Um, oh, I'm just saying, use that as an example. You can go price that out however you'd like. Oh, okay. I mean, have you bought one recently? Is that a medium price? I mean, I'm, I'm totally... Yeah. Okay. Uh, generally, yeah. The next question then would be, and thanks for that tip or that lead, the next tip would be, or the next question would be, where would I put it on a van? I've got a basically a big giant rectangle that's open right now. Where would be the best spot mathematically or whatever to have it? Well, the rule is always get it as high off the ground as possible, as high vertically as you can. The higher that you have an antenna placed, the better it will propagate. And also, if you if you put it low, like on the side of the re the van, only above the roof is what's going to propagate and broadcast, right? So the higher you get it up, the more efficient the antenna will be able to function by blasting out um, the radio waves. So I'm I'm looking them up right now. There, there's mounting brackets that you can get that will mount to the uh, to the to the rack that you want to buy. And that's one of the reasons I was thinking about a rack. Now I am thinking of there's some things you can get that are I've seen them on boats. Oh, I'm thinking of like a canopy on a boat. If you ever been on a pontoon boat, this is what I'm mm -hmm. thinking of specifically. Mm -hmm. But to get the canopy up, you kind of undo a little uh, butterfly uh, or whatever butterfly nut, and then you lift up the canopy, you tighten up the butterfly nut, and there's this little gear contraption there that kind of clamshells together and keeps it in whatever position you just raised it into, whatever that little hinge is called. What if I put something like that on my roof rack, put just even a standard antenna that doesn't need to bend necessarily on that, and then again, drive around with it down. When I decide to do something radio-wise, I go up there, loosen the butterfly nut, raise it, and then remember that it's up, and then I have the option of having it down when, when it's kind of out of way. And oh, I see what you're saying. Up. Well, I mean, at that same at that same point, why not just, just pull the... Keep the antenna, the antenna pulled off, off completely. Of it. I mean, if you're already going through that activity, why not just pull it off completely? You I know? hear you. So that's, that's, yeah. that would be keeping it out of the weather and maybe somebody's stealing it or something. So Exactly, yeah. You don't want to necessarily leave it in the weather. If you Do you think it. there's any difference if I put it, like, on a roof rack? My, intent, my inclination would be put it, like, on the rear, right, or left, right, so that it's kind of in the back and it looks cool. So, I put it on the rear right, and that's again because if you sometimes go through a drive-through, usually the overhang of the roof won't hit it. Okay, that's that's just but, me. But as far as a corner, as opposed to dead center, it's not like the old days where I've seen where you're supposed to have your antenna with a, you know, half again as deep metal around it if you can. You know, so in other words, I always told you put your magnet right in the center of the top of your pickup, as opposed to way on the corner, so that you get the best, I don't know, math out of it. So. 
That is uh, probably a true statement, and that you should probably try and put it in the middle. Uh, you're talking about ground plane stuff. Yeah. At the same time, you're not going to lose that much with two meter and four forty. If okay, you're so that's the stuff that I'm aware of, but I'm not. Fin I don't have the finesse to know that if I'm only talking about a little bit of difference, then it might as well put it somewhere where it's out of the way and works, as opposed to where it has the mathematically best. Percentage. Correct. Yeah, yeah, correct. I mean, you you could you could you could toss and turn over those numbers, but at the end of the day, it's not going to affect two meter and seventy centimeter that much like it would affect CB. So I sent you a link to something called the Antenna Farm, and that's um, not that I'm recommending them or anything, but they have all these different roof rack and, and mounts for automotives. They have um, lip mounts. They have bracket mounts uh, for off of your mirror or off of a metal pipe. They have trunk lip mounts. Um, all of this is just is just fine. You now that I have a van, I've learned what a lip is. It's that it's like that weld where they tie the top and weld it to the sides and. It's like sort of like a tuna can where they wrap the, the edges around and makes it super strong. And that's where the roof racks get attached to, so you don't have to drill holes in the top of your van or anything. And I right. guess it's structurally really strong. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, if you can tap into that, that's also good. Um, and then basically at that point, you're going to have a cable. Either You can either put it on the um, – if you connect it to your rack, you can either pop a hole in the roof or you can snake it through the – the window, or the, I'm sorry, the door, and then run it through the headliner or down the sideline, you know, whatever you want to do, um, it's up to you. If you don't want to drill a hole, then you've got to have to make sure you got enough copper to get you where you need to be. Well, that's not I'm afraid to drill a hole. I just don't want to start drilling unnecessary holes and then turn out that the oh, yeah. project doesn't need the hole kind of thing. No, I but, understand completely. Well, I have two questions now that have come up. So thanks for this link on where to find roof mounts, because I didn't even think about a lip mount, and I might go with that for the time being until I see how much I'm using it before I start drilling holes. Right. Uh, but here's my next question, or my first question is, uh, do you? Th I'm, I'm assuming I know the answer, but do you think that this is something you can skimp on, buy a Hong Kong roof mount because it's just as good, or losing strength and uh, sound quality or something, stay with a name brand? Um, you, you could probably go cheap. Okay. I, I don't really think that hardware. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily think you're going to lose or gain anything in particular. The the only so the mounting hardware you can probably go cheap on. There's not a problem with that necessarily. Your only problem was that the cabling might be cheap copper, but again, at the same time, you're not that in a you're, permanent. Right. You need to worry about that kind of stuff if you're like at a home radio base station where you're pushing 100 watts or more through this 2-meter, 70-centimeter radio to a beam antenna, and you want the most, every possible bit of, of power going through to that antenna, you're already handicapped somewhat because you're in a mobile platform. Right. Just like you're just like you're handicapped using an HT. Your antenna and, and the cabling and all that is going to be far more capable than that HT is that you're going to be connecting to it. Okay, so it's the same kind of thing when I took my little handheld uh, Kenwood and went to the giant-ass shortwave antenna at the Titan II Missile Silo Museum where they let hams hook up to the hardwired antenna that the intercontinental ballistic missiles used to talk to each other. Yeah. It really didn't. It was like yelling. It was what they say the... Uh, I don't want to use that one. It's like putting a uh, battery, uh, a 9-volt battery on my, you know, on a fan to jump it. Right. Yeah, and and uh, now there's a whole there's a whole topic you can go down with regarding radios. 
The Baofeng is a very good radio in the capacity that it is a handheld radio and it's designed to be used as a handheld radio. Um, you can hook up much larger antennas to it and it can function, but you're not going to be incredibly that much better. You're so, not taking advantage of the antenna. Your radio will never do more than what it can do. It, it is going to take advantage of the antenna. The problem is, is that what we call the front end of the radio, the Baofeng, is not that great to begin with. So your receive capability will be improved as far as reception, how, how wide you can receive, but it's not going to be that much better. So I'm not, I'm not saying you have to go uh, with... Uh, let me put it this way. Whatever you put on the roof, whatever you do antenna-wise, whatever you do tr uh, connector mount-wise and cabling-wise will be more than robust enough for that handheld. Perfect. That's Period. exactly what I'm looking for. So basically, yeah. I could go used and do it on the cheap, and I'm still going to get plenty out of it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right on. So now... Um, yeah, I think that's, I'm probably going to hardware, what I'm thinking is I'm probably going to put a junction, like some sort of a box up on the roof that has a hole going through that's mm -hmm. pretty sizable. Then I'll have a box on the roof and a box on the in the side, and then I won't have to keep drilling holes for projects as I move things around or change my mind or whatever. I'll just have that one hole I can feed things through. Again, no issues running my solar power power and my maybe some lights or something, maybe backup camera cables all through the same hole with an antenna. Right. You know, and and. Yeah, and again, the idea of using those um, those remote fuse boxes would make a lot of sense in this case. So you put a remote fuse box on the roof in a waterproof enclosed box and another one inside. So on the roof, that's where you'd have your solar panels connected. That's where you'd have um, whatever uh, connected at that point, and they'll all work together. You'd have to run separate lines for the solar versus the... versus right. the. Well, the, I'm thinking having an LED light bar on all four sides and then yeah. I'll hook up cameras out the back and probably all four sides. So when I'm in it, I can see what's going on all around it without having to open up a door. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, but the lights will probably all run off of the cars, autom uh, cars electric. Right? Um, I, as far as external lighting, probably. Or I guess it's possible to just run a switch down and then I'm going to be going off the alternator through an isolator to the battery pack, battery bank or whatever. I guess I could attach my outdoor my light bars to that, and then some sort of a switch that to, to run it off of whichever one has more power at the time. That would be yeah, that would be fine. And, and you want options, right? If you can if you can bake in options, you don't necessarily want to have the motor running if you want to have something external lit up, right? For example. That's what I was just thinking. If I'm right. doing some at night, and we just want to have the lights on. Why would we want to have the drain the power on the starter battery. Right, right. Now, uh, there was something that you mentioned earlier, way early in the chat, and I want to mention it before I forget. Um, shortwave, shortwave radio antenna. I don't know of any kind of vertical, omnidirect, uh, shortwave radio antenna that I could recommend to you. I don't have any concept of that, so you'd have to go look online and see what you could do, because for me, um, shortwave and particularly single sideband shortband or shortwave, that all operates on the high frequency ham bands, and the HF antennas you need to have a HF mobile station in a car, very expensive. That's where you start going down the realm of like antenna tuners that's and where modular antennas, and that's just a lot of money. 
that's guys that are throwing antennas up into the trees and stuff for short wave though if i remember right correct so yeah if you're going to do that your best i don't option, really have a big short wave i have a little handheld like three triple a battery type of short wave yeah but it doesn't matter though right um short wave is a short wave radio will always almost do better in receive mode well they're all received but um with the longest antenna possible and so the easiest thing to do with that is go down to radio shack buy some like 16 gauge uh speaker wire or something that's that's a nice core wire get like a hundred feet of it and buy an out buy an alligator clip alligator clip the end of one line put a weight on the other end, throw it in a tree, and then connect it to the antenna mount on your shortwave radio. You will get amazing performance at that point. Yep. Yeah, we had a lot of fun doing that when I was a kid, listening to different radio stuff. Yeah. That. So, I mean, the way that they do it, that they cheat it kind of, if you will, with HF. So if you had a proper HF radio, like a 20-meter or 40-meter or 10-meter whatever, you would have to have an antenna that you can literally either manually adjust to get the extra length out of it, and they make it. They make it so it's this tube, a white tube or some color, and it's this coil, and you can you can lock in the set point of where the, the line comes off to go to the radio, and by extending it and shrinking that antenna, you're lengthening and shortening the antenna to allow it to uh, work on those different frequencies. <laughs> you don't want to be messing with that, unless you really do want to mess with that, but that's like thousands no, of no, dollars. No, not on this trip. This trip's really doing the gun shows, and I'm bringing the radio to monitor, and perhaps in an emergency if I get stuck somewhere and it's an alternative you know, way to yell out for help or whatever. But I'm, one of the next things I was going to ask, I guess, is my tour is basically going to leave Tucson, head mm -hmm. to, to Houston, go up to Louisville, over to Tulsa, to DC, up to New York for just a moment, across the Midwest, to Colorado, Salt Lake City, Vegas, and back down to Arizona. Mm -hmm. So if you were gonna do something like that, what kind of ham opportunities should I take advantage of during that? Um, well, the Dayton Ham Fest might be going on. When are you leaving? I'm leaving on the uh, 14th probably, so or I'm leaving around the 14th, so it means I'll be in Ohio somewhere around the 13th, 14th, 15th, 16th of June. Oh, okay. It's not next month? Well, no, June. Okay. Maybe so down here. The ham, the 2016 Hamvention, which Dayton is possibly the, like, largest ham, like, if you call it the, the gun show of gun shows with ham radio, it's Dayton, and it's on uh, May 20th through the 22nd. Well, that's a couple hours away from the NRA show, so if it sucks balls or something and nobody shows up or something, maybe I can keep it in mind. But, yeah, it sounds like a bunch of us from Gun Channels are going to meet up at the NRA show and try to go shooting and do something. Oh, man, that sounds awesome. Or something. Yeah, the, the, if you can get there. So the Dayton Ham not only has, like, the booths like they do at Chacho or whatnot, but they also have a massive, massive, massive flea market where individuals come and they just – sell all kinds of just amazing hard to find radio stuff just sounds cool. like the perfect spot to drive my van up to and say what do i need help <laughs> yeah right yeah and you yeah. get it and what's cool there is you're literally so ham radio uh draws and brings in a lot of different people with different opinions on the world and 
egos and all that stuff. When you're talking about Dayton, you're talking about the people who are the most hardcore, but also kind of live the values of Elmering and the continuation of the hobby. They are like, it's like going to the NRA convention, right? They are people who- it's like the gurus, the people that enjoy right. aren't trying to sell you anything. They're not trying, they, they assume that you're already into it and they're right. there to help you pursue your interests. And and I would go a step further and, and they're gonna try and sell you stuff. Don't get me wrong, because ham radio is all about really expensive crap, but they're not bringing the ego. They're not trying to prove themselves or prove themselves to you or whatever. They're they're there to push the hobby and push the the lifestyle, if you will. So that that would be awesome if you could go to that. Uh, that's been a bucket list item for me for a while. Yeah, that actually would be pretty cool. Now, any chance you're going to be in DC? I know you do some travel and stuff. Are you going to be anywhere around where I'm going to be in June? It looks like June 10th. I'll actually be in the Virginia area most of June, a good chunk of June. It looks like. At this particular time, I don't have anything on paper that I'm going to be out there, uh, but that doesn't, th there may be some changes, but right okay. now, no. We'll keep in touch, obviously. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'll let you know. So that's the other thing is I'll be doing the daily show, which we do, Bob and I, and then uh, I'll try to do is, I'm sure I'll be bored as hell some of the times. So I'm going to be kind of wandering, checking out gun shops and uh, museums and things like that. So mm -hmm. like I said, I'm definitely bringing the radio this time, and as I'm kind of building up the van, I'm hoping that, I'll have time to tinker. I'm sure I'll have time to tinker, but I'm hoping I'll find people that want to help out or have like a roof rack to sell me cheap or something. And it's going to be building these things as I go. So uh, hopefully we can do some more of these chats and I'll maybe we have yeah. some building solar components or whatever. We can talk about different strategies. Yeah. I was going to ask you, what are you doing for the internet? That's the next question. So here's my goal. What I'd really like, it's going to be a van and I'm going to be walking away from it a lot of times. And I'd like to do these live shows specifically. And my issue is that the live shows can only be launched from a computer. There's no way to do it from a mobile device yet. So that means I have to have a laptop that initiates the live show. I've been able right. to do it by just carrying the laptop around with me. But right now I use my telephone, uh, AT&T, to, to hotspot to my laptop, which can then launch the chat. And then I usually join the chat with my phone and then actually run the chat from my phone, but the laptop has to be somewhere nearby because it's it's hotspotted off of my damn phone. Right. So what I'd rather have is another carrier so that I have two carrier options, have another carrier with just a hotspot in the van. I'd like to have some, and then that way I can leave the laptop in the van, initiate the hangout, and then leave remotely with my phone and be much more good to go. So yeah. um, that's exactly what I was going to recommend. And then potentially have something going on in the van that monitors the van. So as I'm walking away from it while it's live, if somebody's fucking with the van, I know live and I can boogie right back to the van, right? So I think that'd be advantageous to have a live thing going on, monitoring the van, seeing what the dog's doing and, and that kind of thing. So anyway, I'd like to have that set up. So ideally, I'd like to have something that can gather as much internet as possible. If there's some way to make a vacuum for, for connectivity on the outside of the van that brings in my my cell signal is that's as possible, you know, the best possible way. But then also have a Wi-Fi in the van that distributes a Wi-Fi signal to my phone or whatever, you know, in the biggest possible way. So I'd like oh, yeah. to have a collector and a Wi-Fi hotspot in the van. Have you looked at those uh, MiFi's, you know, those little mobile boxes, they look like old school pagers that could propagate uh, wireless internet? Um, maybe I have uh, Thumbs, who is in Indiana right now, who is our tech guy for gun websites, and he's the guy that would has looked into this for me, and I think he figured out something. Or that is that something that would be in like the four hundred dollar ish range? Oh, I don't know about that. 
Um, no. So this is what I would recommend. There are uh, Verizon has a bunch of these. I don't know if you're Verizon or ATT. Doesn't matter. They all have. I have ATT, so I'm thinking I'll get Verizon again and get a hotspot okay. in Horizon. So you can go. Um, they have prepaid uh, mobile hotspot devices, and you can buy them on eBay used. These things are not beaten on because they're not in your pocket. They're they're little playing card size boxes. Now, and is this essentially something I could buy one off of eBay that still has the unlimited data? Oh, no, I don't think so. That's tied to your account. I've heard that you can buy these accounts from people with the unlimited data, though. But here and there. Oh, I, that's, that's, out of my, that's out of my league. I do know that you can get prepaid. Prepaid, is, for me, would be the way to go because then you can use your AT&T, and when it is not working in the area you're at, you can right. switch over to the MiFi and deplete the prepaid minutes. Yeah, and you're not tied to a credit card. Way. You're not tied to an account. You're not locked in for a contract. You just use it as you need it, and you dump it when you don't need it when you get back from your tour. And these are like forty dollars boxes, so they're not like a. Well, you you want to pay for one that will give you the power you need to to do a live stream. So you need something that's four um, G, you know, whatever. Okay, but I mean the device itself is it like a cell phone, a couple hundred dollars, or is it like a yeah. forty? I mean, it, it depends. I don't know because it depends on what they have on eBay. Oh, but I can buy the device on eBay by the service from yeah. Verizon prepaid. Sure. Okay, then that gets me on a different carrier and it gets me a hotspot in the vehicle. So now the laptop can go online and be connected that way. I can join through the phone. So my next question would be, is there something like a better antenna or some kind of an amplifier thingy that I can put on the van to make that Wi-Fi get the best possible signal? Yeah, so that That's is the thing right that some of them support. Some of them have a little plug that if you pull off, they've got an SMA connector, and that okay. SMA connector, you could potentially get a antenna, stick that on the roof of the car, and feed a line in for it. Now, have I done that? I have not. Can you do that probably very easily? Yeah. For okay, sure. So that's what my plan is. And then, of course, inside the vehicle, it's getting its internet from Verizon, and then it'll go to a Wi-Fi uh, router or whatever. Or are you saying itself, it, itself is a Wi-Fi? It, itself is the Wi-Fi. Okay. Now, is there anything to amplify that Wi-Fi so that I can use it in the phone hundreds of yards away from the vehicle? Um, like an antenna, another antenna I would put up on the top that would now be pumping out my Wi-Fi signal. So that's a good question. Okay, so for that, you could. You could do a Wi-Fi extender, which is another unit, and yep. that extender could connect to your Wi-Fi network of your MiFi or your mobile hotspot, and then you could use a, another antenna on the roof that could broadcast the Wi-Fi. And in that, particular may, in, in that particular case, I wouldn't use an omnidirectional or vertical um, pole antenna. I would use a beam antenna. And they make those as easy as something the size of a, Pringle can, a Pringles can. You can actually make an antenna out of a Pringles can for Wi-Fi. And you can just point it in the direction you're at, and it'll shoot it right to you. Awesome. Yeah, see, I'm digging that. Now I'm up to a CB antenna, an antenna for the uh, Baofeng, an antenna for the uh, Wi-Fi hotspot, and then an antenna for distributing... The, uh, the local Wi-Fi. And it, it looks like um, I just did a Google search for mobile hotspot antenna and tons of stuff came up. Uh, tons of stuff on Amazon. It looks like I'm looking at a Sierra wireless AT&T mobile hotspot elevate 4G external antenna and adapter and it's got the connector. It looks like it's a, a little mag mount, a cool little unit and it, it's got the... Uh, it looks like here's the device right with it. If you get the device, an extra battery, and the antenna, it's 85 bucks on Amazon. 
So you know, that's the Wi-Fi and the amplifier. That's the hotspot, the antenna, and the battery, which does the Wi-Fi and the mobile hotspotting. Right on. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. that's that's cool. I mean, this the stuff has come down significantly in price, and that's not. It's nice because then you can go in and do prepaid. Yeah, exactly. And now I can drive around, have two carriers, have pretty much internet. I can obviously Wi-Fi if I go up to a Starbucks or something. Now I've heard that the Starbucks have Google Internet. Or a lot of them have Google Internet, so they're the ones to uh, to Wi-Fi from. Um, so I'm getting comments on my chat. I just want to be able to hit really quick. Sure. So uh, Ralph DeCat, you're saying that he wants cell signal. So the MiFi would be receiving the cell signal, which I believe that antenna supports the cell signal, and then he would use the Wi-Fi off of the 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 mobile hotspot to connect to his laptop. And what he's saying is he would like to set that up in the van and then propagate the Wi-Fi out of the van so that if he was away from the van, it would still be good, say, 100 feet, 100 yards, whatever away. Whatever the max I could get, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he wants to increase the propagation of the mobile hotspot, which I believe is that little antenna that I was mentioning that's on Amazon, into the, the mobile hotspot. And then have like a Wi-Fi repeater um, boost that connection from the mobile hotspot to an external antenna to to beam that out either with a probably a beam antenna because he could just point it in the direction he's walking or where he's going to be and that would be the way to go. Now we're adding all this to my energy use. Do you think I need to get up to six or I guess four six volt batteries at this point to start powering all this stuff? Especially um, if it's parked and running for a while, I bet. It's it's hard to say. I mean, it it's really hard to say. It depends. It's, it's so getting two sixes though, and then adding another two if needed, right? Right, and I, I think Dano posted a link to some some sweet batteries. Um, he's the battery man. Yeah, yeah. So see, he's got a he's got a Duracell Deep Cycle thirty one M Marine and boat, and it's it's one hundred and twenty bucks, which is kind of expensive, but it's a hundred and five amp hour Deep Cycle, which is like you would probably be pretty damn good running off of that. Maybe two. Hmm. Yeah, so you could go you could go with that Amazon kit without the batteries, buy the deep cycle batteries, one or two, and then power the inverter off of those. But and this should... is this the kind I was talking about that doesn't require any uh maintenance? Um, I don't think they were. Those look like. Oh, that was not. That was my link. Hold on. You'd have to ask Dano specifically on that one. They look like. Oh, it looks like it's sealed. Yeah, I don't see anywhere to add water. But I'd be all worried about the gassing and the dying or whatever. I'm going to guess that plenty of other things will kill you in the van before that battery does. Probably, but they're, uh, I think they're like 160 for the similar of that other style. Oh, I mean, if that's an option, then it's you could just go with that. But it's still all speculation and you know, fantasy at this point. Basically, I'm doing this trip to uh, hit a bunch of different gun shows, mm -hmm. and I'm going to be selling off a bunch of my AK parts kits to fund the trip, and then the trip's going to cost about two grand or something in gas once that's funded. Then I'll uh, start playing with some actual fun stuff on the van. I mean, obviously, there's funds for uh, water pumps or whatever alternators or something real that breaks on it. 
but uh, I have to experience, you know, that'll just happen as it goes as we go along. I guess Rick jumped out, but he uh, he can probably give me some help with the mechanic side of that in the chat sometime. Uh, sure Ralph DeCat, I just wanted to mention you specifically. The the Wii Boost, that's a, a cell booster, right? So the cell reception. He wants the option to have both an AT&T option and a Verizon option. So if he has an AT&T phone, he can tether that to his laptop. That already works. But if he's in a sig an area that has really bad AT&T signal, he would like like a prepaid uh, mobile hotspot in Verizon. And then that way he could use their better signal if they're a better area or whatnot. But I might do something like a, a an amplifier thing for my AT&T also. Why not? Because that gives right. me an up top too. It's healthy shellback just sent me a really funny picture. He's watching us while eating a uh, nam, which is a Vietnamese uh, meat snack, and drinking beer. So, thumbs up, salty shellback. Right on. Well, I appreciate you being able to do a show in the middle of the day. I'm hoping that you get more people doing shows in the middle of the day. Oh, I mean, it's it, whenever I can support them. But you know, I'm at work most of the time. I took my lunch break to come do one of these with you. So, right on. This is good. This is good. Well, that's the thing. I like being able to have something to watch while I'm working too. Yeah. Well, we're preaching the choir there. Everybody already knows what cool these interactive chats are. Well, I don't know. I don't know if we're beating a dead horse at this point. I was going to ask you about the solar stuff. We covered that, the radio stuff. You gave me a lot of help on the antennas. Mm -hmm. um, I, don't know yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a project, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it, it sounds like where you should start is get yourself the kit, right? Get yourself the, the panel, the charge controller, and the inverter. Connect that up. Get a couple of batteries. And just work off the inverter for the time being. Connect everything to the inverter, get a switch plug, and just connect everything to the inverter. And then as you figure things out, you know what you like, you know what you don't like, then hard line mount those. Buy some more copper, buy the proper connectors, go into the back of the inverter, put up the secondary fuse boxes, do all that stuff. But you can work into that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know how I'm going to do it this time because I really don't have much to start with. I guess I'll probably just uh, work off of Actually, I should have. Maybe I should drag along one of my UPSs. I wonder what kind of lifetime they have. I to do it. I mean, I'd rather just. I'd rather have the batteries. I'd rather have the unit. I'd rather have the the unit working with as much battery power possible and work off of that than have this like ancillary device that's hanging off of it. That's trickle charge. That's pulling charge off of it. I, it's oh, no, just I mean one just more literally just a UPS and go plug it in every once in a while and then. Oh, you could do that. Yeah. But then you assume your USB. A lot of UPSs don't actually have a very long duration. It's yeah, just exactly. enough to get you just to save and shut moment. down. Yeah. Yeah. So you need a deep cycle. You need something that can really run the power out. I'm gonna have to see if I can uh, move something before I leave because I'm guessing even if I got them used, you know, the panels are gonna be a couple hundred bucks. Uh, whatever mounting. I need to get a roof rack. Nobody's giving those away, so those are all well. The ones that are available here in Tucson are a couple hundred bucks, even you know, just for the few that are available. I'm not sure how far I wanna. I might just go. Not, I mean, I guess I'm gonna have to event to make a decision one way or the other. But I might just go and try to find a roof rack on Craigslist along the way. It's not something I can't add while I'm driving, and then uh, you know that'll make some decision on what size panels or whatnot or where I'm gonna put them. So anyway, right. I'm going to say I don't think I'll get any of the solar stuff done before I leave. I'm leaving next Wednesday, so it's not like I have a lot of time. I'm not even picking it up till tomorrow. I mean, you could probably get the solar system working by then, I'm assuming. Well, if I had the money. But like I said, I'd have to try to move something before then. Right. 
yeah, I'm looking forward for more information on, on when you get the ban and telling us how it's all going. I don't, yeah, I'm going to do that on the gun on the gear websites channel. And uh, there's like I say, there's a lot of resources up there. So I don't know if it's really necessary to add more to the pile, but mm-hmm. I'll definitely contribute just to make my own diary. You know how it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, if people can dig on that, then it's there for them. Yeah, right on. Cool. Well, I appreciate your your lunch hour and uh, all the tips on the antennas and the, the solar stuff. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Well, keep me posted. I'm gonna I'm gonna hop off. I got to go back and do some stuff. So. Right on. Thanks again. I'll, I'll talk to you later. See ya. And let's see. Bob was gonna jump back, but uh, I'm not sure if uh, how far he had to drive to town. I don't know if Rick's coming back. So I thought I would jump into this, jump to about there, and leave it with this.